Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Ryan Cote is the Director of Digital Services and Partner at Ballantyne, a direct mail and digital marketing company based out of New Jersey. With Ballantyne since 2003, a family-owned business started in 1966 by his grandfather and great uncle, Ryan now manages the growing digital marketing division. From lead generation to marketing strategy for small businesses, Ryan and his company rise above the get featured quick schemes so often attributed to digital marketing. He loves to geek out on technical marketing talk as well as work with real world business owners about growing their book of business in today's online world. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Ryan. Thanks, Lori. Super excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to be here too. I tell you, I love the topic that you're going to bring our audience today, which is really the combination of direct mail and digital. Uh, two, if, if you think about it, two completely perceived opposite, opposite spheres of great integrated marketing. Direct mail has had, you know, one of the first great tools out there, you know, going, dating back, well, quite frankly, to, to the point in which uh, your great grandfather, or your grandfather and great uncle started the business. It was a staple at that point in time. It was one of those tools that people really needed in order to amplify a message. You mix that with digital today, and it, you know, the, the opportunities just explode. Tell us more, a little bit more about the business and really the vision uh, that you now have that you're carrying on uh, from your grandfather and great uncle. Absolutely. Yeah. So my, um, like I mentioned, my, my great uncle started the company in 1966 and my grandfather joined a couple years later. And back then they were just doing uh, print work, like print and ship work. So, you know, a company might need brochures or flyers, what have you, and then they would print them and, and ship them to the business. And then, you know, Fast forward today, that's evolved into full-fledged direct mail campaigns and uh, digital marketing campaigns, from SEO to paid search to social and, and more. You know, and now we're still we're seeing a lot of clients merging the two together. So we, we still have like right now for Valentine, we have two distinct audiences on you know, the direct mail side. It's much larger companies on on the digital side. It's smaller businesses, but even on the digital side, we're getting more and more requests for clients that you know they're using us for all all things digital, but you know, now they're asking us to print flyers, to mail monthly postcards, because they understand that, you know, for marketing and for advertising, because things are so noisy, they really need to be everywhere. And that includes not just in their inbox or in their feed, in their social feeds, um, or on Google, but also in their mailbox as well with, with uh, print material. Right. Now, one of the things I love about direct mail, like many, many media types as digital came to the forefront um, and people thought it was, you know, the cure to all things marketing, digital, or I'm sorry, uh, direct mail, of course, kind of went by the wayside for a while, as did print advertising, as did a lot of traditional media types. And and like all things, uh, you know, we wax and wane when it comes to a lot of marketing uh, approaches. I have always been a huge proponent of direct mail. Um, I've always been a huge proponent of it as an integrated campaign uh, because it, again, creates that lasting 
um, measure, that lasting impression, uh, of, and, and, and it entices someone to want to learn more about a topic that they may have just learned about on TV or heard on a radio station or seen a digital ad. Talk to us a little bit about the history and your company, and if indeed you did see uh, the direct mail uh, media types wax and wane with what your experience is as well. Yeah, so I'll be honest. We still do a ton of direct mail. Direct mail is still a very large part of our business. Digital is growing uh, faster because it's 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 new to to the company in the last five years, but direct mail is still a huge part of our business. So what has changed though is the mailings are smaller. So if you look back into the you know 80s, 90s, uh, direct mail budgets were were much larger. So they would just you know send out huge amounts of mail, um, and you know those types of campaigns are are you know there's less of them, but there's still you know we still do a lot of it. You know the campaigns are more targeted, so uh, our clients are getting smarter about who they're mailing to in terms of the audience and the and the, and the targeting select. So the the campaigns, yes, they're smaller, but you know the the audience that they're mailing to is is more fine tuned. So that's, they're providing you better audiences because of digital. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a smarter marketing. Yeah. And so it is. you know, we're, we're still doing a lot of direct mail. Um, it's just changed. You know, there's more formats available now. The technology with digital presses has changed, has, has improved, I should say. Um, so you can you can run a short run digital uh, digitally printed piece that's variable, and um, you know the quality is much better than it used to be. So yeah, it's definitely you know everyone tells that direct mail is dead because digital's come along and yeah, it's, it's it's not dead, it's just changed and we still do. I agree. You know, I love it. And and even, you know, newspaper, uh, you know, the print advertising, direct mail is right in there. It's experiencing a resurgence right now. And and I love to see that. Uh, talk to us about some best practices on integrating the print and digital marketing. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to speak to one of our clients that that uses us for both. They're, they're a small business, they're a manufacturer. Um, and I think, you know, they do it right. Um, and so I'm going to kind of use them as a, as a case study here as an example. So they're a manufacturer and they're using us for, they're using us for SEO, for uh, paid search, for some content, for an email, uh, monthly email newsletter. But now most recently they've added a postcard onto this. And so what, you know, sort of best practice and what they're doing right is that you know, they're, the email list is the same people that they basically have an email list and we're sending a monthly newsletter to it. We also have that email uh, list uploaded to Facebook. So we're running Facebook ads, the same audience and that same email list, they have postal addresses for. Mm. And so that, now they're also mailing postcards to those people. So the best practice is to kind of, you have this core list of people and hitting them multiple times with, you know, a postcard or doesn't need to be a postcard, but in this case it is a postcard, an email newsletter, and then you know social media advertising. So their customer base, their potential customer base, they're seeing this client, our client, you know, across multiple mediums. Same offer, same message, more or less the same creative. And so that uh, um, that consistency is is another best practice for combining the two. Now it's worth asking: Is this a B two B client? It is B two B. So yeah. their audience is B two B. I I had this question uh, brought to me the other day, and it, it was a very interesting one. And and I thought, you know what? I, I need to research this. So it's uh, serendipity that you and I are talking right now. Can you IP retarget commercial addresses? So we've started dabbling into this. So I'm definitely not the expert, but I've we've done a couple of campaigns. 
but they have not been for commercial. They've been uh, retail consumer. Yeah. yeah, I know it's easy there because you've got you know a single household, and exactly. you can IP target you know the the you know either via desktop or uh, mobile device. So and. For our audience, IP retargeting basically means you mail a postcard or you mail a direct mail piece to an address and you can serve the the household advertising on their digital devices. And you know, I, I, I think that the technology probably isn't too far away um, that we could do that, but it's gonna take some maneuvering uh, from a commercial standpoint, from a B2B standpoint to make it happen. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be exciting when that... that oh my gosh, I know. Uh, let's you and I bet on when that's going to take place. What do you say? <laughs> uh, let's say two years. Okay, I say two and a half. I yeah. got the better end of that deal. <laughs> you always go second with that, right? Yes. <laughs> or <smart>. last. <laughs> okay, let's uh, talk a little bit more about specific lead generation when it comes to digital marketing. You've got five ways that... You, you know, that you really help people amplify their message within that realm. Talk to us about those. Yeah, and, and this this topic is, you know, true to, true to my heart because this is really what we do on the digital side because we work with small businesses that, you know, a lot of them are B2B and what they want is leads. And so it all starts with having, and this is going to sound very, very basic, but it's just so true because it's so foundational, is having a website that loads fast and that's very strong on mobile with strong call to actions because that's like the central hub of all you're doing you're running these digital campaigns pushing traffic to your website and so it needs to load fast it needs to be great on mobile it needs to have very strong call to actions and you know we get clients and that's not always the, you know all three boxes are not checked so right. i think it's still worth mentioning the second thing is you know we like to use so there's different types of digital strategies of course and different strategies hit people at different stages of their buying cycle. And so we always like to lean on SEO and PPC. So SEO is search engine optimization and then PPC, which is pay-per-click. We do, we still love social and content, but we really like SEO and PPC because it's later stage. So someone has a need and they're going to Google or Bing or Yahoo and they're looking for a solution, whether it's a product or a service. And so we like those later stage people because they, you know, they, they typically, not always of course, but they typically tend to convert uh, higher, you know, they tend they tend to turn into leads more often because they you know they're further down the cycle of looking for something. Right. The second thing, though, the third thing, though, is that we still love content. So, you know, when we do blog content, it's sort of like an SEO play because you know you create content that you that you think your target audience is going to want to want to read. Um, that content should be keyword optimized, so meaning that you have a keyword or two that you know, you want to target with this particular piece of content. And so eventually when you blog enough and there's a strong enough keyword strategy behind the content, that blog content will rank in Google. So that's why I say it's sort of an SEO play. You know, people can find you through your blog content and, you know, hopefully convert into a lead. The fourth thing though is kind of bringing social media into the mix. So social media advertising, as you know, it's becoming more and more sophisticated, even with all the issues with Facebook, you know, their platform still has tons of targeting selects. You know, Instagram is getting is is getting better. LinkedIn with you know Microsoft oh, purchased them a while back. They, That's getting they've better. They've done great in the last uh, six months since their new upgrade. Yeah, we can now do video on LinkedIn. Yeah, That's great because it's 2018. That's kind of nice. But you know, their their social media advertising is social media advertising could be so bad, uh, so strong for lead gen because yes, you don't know, and th and this is like the earlier stage people. Yes, you don't know if they have a need, like you do with SEO and PPC, but you can get in front of the right person and hopefully, you know, when they have a need, if you're consistent enough, 
they'll convert into a they'll convert into a lead when they're ready. So it's really well, important. It is, and and one thing that I think uh, is a misnomer out there is the strength of what was really started out as a strong consumer tool, Facebook. Let's just stay there for a second. And how it has now converted itself into a very, very strong B2B play. There are still a lot of people out there that cannot understand the strength of advertising with their B2B products or services within Facebook. Tell them why it is important. So it's important because of, uh, because of mainly all the different ad objectives that Facebook has now. So for example, even though you're B2B, you're your target audience is still going to Facebook. And so you can retarget, you can, you know, retarget those people. So you basically put a pixel on your website for Facebook. And then when your target audience goes to your website and they leave, they see your ads in Facebook uh, and still a B2B play because your buyers, your potential customers are still going to Facebook, whether you're B2B or B2C. And so when they go to your website and they leave, then they go to Facebook, they're going to see your ad. So it doesn't matter if you're B2B or B2C. Um, and then also the, the email matches that you can do with Facebook. Um, you know, you have a, a B2B list to stay on that, staying on that topic. You have a B2B list of email addresses and you can upload that list to Facebook and then run ads to those people as well. So, you know, everyone thinks that LinkedIn is, it's still, LinkedIn's still a major B2B platform, but LinkedIn, because of the different ad objectives they have, you can still reach your target audience on that platform. Right. It's great. Okay, number five. Number number five is video. Um, you know, video is, is hot. It's only going to get hotter. You know, it's something that we're trying to focus more on for sure um, this year and definitely moving into next year. So video sells. It's engaging. So much you could do with it. I mean, think about, think about you know, you get a piece of, you, you get a video recorded. You record a video. Um, there's so many different things you could do with it. So you can transcribe it and turn it into a blog post. Um, you can obviously put it on YouTube. YouTube videos rank very well. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. Um, so it's smart to be on there. Uh, you can put the video on your website to help your conversion rates, take the video and upload it to Facebook or LinkedIn and run ads to it. You know, there's just so many different things you could do with it. Um, and it's very engaging. So that, um, is tip number five. I love it. You know, video has become such a staple years ago when you know, the television uh, producers and uh, stations and, you know, sales teams at, at a lot of the TV stations were really worried about digital taking over, you know, TV uh, as a media type. Someone very, very smart told me, he was a GM for the, the NBC affiliate here in Denver, and he, he talked to me about screen-to-screen -screen viewing and the fact that even though you, what, what ultimately is going to happen is you're just going to watch TV differently. You're going to look at it on your mobile device. You're going to look at it on your iPad. You're going to look at it on your desktop. It may not be the large square box that you've got on a wall as much anymore. And I think that mindset is one of the reasons why video is so prominent today. Um, and entertainment, right? Entertainment is never going to go away. If you are pushing out the correct video content and you are entertaining, again, does not matter if you are a retail, CPG, or B2B tech you know, advertiser, you've got to entertain. Do you have some thoughts surrounding how people can take the concept of entertainment further with video? So I, I, come, from, I, I come, to this uh, come to this question from a B2B standpoint because that's what we are. So that's what you know, comes to mind first. We try to use video as... An authority builder for us so you know for our own marketing as an example you know we're starting to release a a weekly though lately it hasn't been weekly but we're trying to get into <laughs> hey i can sympathize there brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but in theory weekly um 
video newsletter or you know with tips and industry news and um, you know we use that and we push that across all the social channels our email newsletter you know we try to recycle as much as possible and we try to use it as an authority builder but we try to make it entertaining as well so you know it's me and my brother that do it uh, I'm on the digital digital side my brother uh, Matt is on the print side so we we and we sometimes have other team members join too but for the mo most part it's me and my, uh, my, my brother and I and so we try to be entertaining. Like sometimes we have funny bloopers. We'll leave it in, try not to be mm -hmm. too stiff, try to have some, you know, a, a personality to the videos. And so we'll try to be somewhat entertaining, kind of go, you know, banter back and forth. And that's our attempt at adding a little bit of entertainment to a more dry type of industry tips type video uh, newsletter. Right. I love it. Now, we talked a little bit about this uh, regarding Facebook and the use of advertising to get in front of a B2B audience, but there's still, as we've, we've stated, there's still a lot of confusion and, and um, you know, fob are out there about whether or not it's truly viable. How can business owners really find their target audience online? So I, I can answer this question not just from Facebook, just but from an overall standpoint as well. So. You know, if you're looking to target your audience online, let's use the search engines as a starting point. You need to know what keywords that they are searching for to find your products and services. Because once you understand what keywords they're using, you can build a whole SEO and paid search camp, pay-per-click campaign around those keywords and get in front of those and get in front of those people. You know, and like I mentioned before, those those are more later stage cycle buyers, so they tend to convert at a higher rate, which is yeah, you know, which is good, obviously. Right. Um, but then it's also developing an audience on, well, I'll use Facebook as an example, uh, use developing an audience on Facebook. So, and there's different ways to do audiences. There's, you know, you put the pixel on your website and you develop an audience of people that have been to your website. And there's, we can go like real deep into this. You can, you know, run a video ad and set up an audience of people that have watched X amount of your videos. Um, you can find your audience based on what interests they have, you know, what their demographics are. You can find your audience based on even expand that audience. So once you have your core core audience, also targeting their their friends or a lookalike audience. I mean, there's so many ways you can kind of slice the pie up here. But uh, Facebook is very strong for that. And definitely, you know, I mentioned this already, but I think it's worth bringing bringing back is that as a very basic example, you always want to pixel your your website traffic, even right. if you think you're going to run Facebook ads, at least put the pixel on your site so that you have the option to do so if you want to at a you know later time because you have to have a certain size audience to run the Facebook ads off the pixel. So you might as well just put the pixel on your site, have it start queuing the audience up so that if you ever wanna do Facebook, um, you've got this audience of people that have been to your site, they know your, they know your company and they might be more receptive to whatever you're offering them. And then the last, last thing I wanna mention is LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, like we spoke about, Lori, is that it's getting stronger and stronger and you know, it is more of a B2B play right now because they have all this information on you. You could target, you can run ads targeting certain job titles, um, certain industries. What I love about LinkedIn is that you can target people that are part of certain groups. So right. what's, for, uh, say your target audience, you know, they, they tend to uh, belong to a certain association. It's very likely that association has a LinkedIn group that you can then t run ads to those people. So it's, it's really, uh, it's getting easier and easier to find your, your target audience online. I love it. Now, uh, clarify a point for our audience. The pixel code on the website 
so that you can ultimately build the audience. Do you need marketing automation to bring that data forward? No, no. The, the pixel for the for Facebook is just, you know, the, you, you create an ad account on Facebook um, and then, you know, you, they give you the pixel and then it's just a pixel piece of code and um, you copy and paste it onto your site, onto every page of your site. And then that's it. And then just let, and then as people come to your website, Google, I'm sorry, Facebook, you know, sees that traffic and then they just add it to the audience that you've created on the, uh, within, within your Facebook ad account. There's no automation. There's nothing for you to do beyond that. It's just the, the audience starts to build up. And then if you want to run ads to those people, then you go into your ad account, you select that audience of pixel to traffic, and then you can run ads to those people. Pretty innovative, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty yeah, cool. I love it. Now, people talk a lot about their, their Google rankings uh, on, or their website rankings, rather, on Google. How can they improve their ranking? So this is a topic true to my heart because when we started the digital division of Ballantyne five years ago, it was literally just me. And I knew or I know I still SEO best. And so um, that's what we started offering. So I like to talk about this topic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you just – you know, five, four or five quick tips here. Great. Uh, the first thing is that I, I, everyone knows or people, you know, everyone hears about Google always changing their algorithm. So things are changing. You know, if you look at SEO back in 2012, 2011, 10, much, much different versus nowadays. It was honestly much easier back then. It was all about the backlinks. Didn't matter how bad the backlinks were, the more the better and you would rank. And so you can keyword stuff and it's just easier. Now SEO has become much more sophisticated, which I think is a good thing because it, it, it uh, weeds out the bad sites. But load speed matters a lot now. So Google right. has put a big emphasis on, emphasis on load speed and, and um, it's and mobile friendliness too. But uh, you want to have a site that loads fast. And you know, Google has this tool called uh, PageSpeed Insights. So if you run your, if you just Google PageSpeed Insights, you can run your, your website through the tool and it'll tell you uh, how fast your site is according to Google on mobile and desktop. So ideally, you want to get both of those scores up to what they call what they say is green, which is good. That'll help your rankings. It also helps your conversion rate because the faster your site converts better. So, <laughs> double whammy. Um, also, meta, uh, your metadata. So the metadata is I should say the title tag and your meta description. To right. Be more SEO. Your title tag and your meta description is. You know, the title tag is sort of like the headline of each page. It tells Google what the page is about. Uh, the meta description goes into a little more detail. It describes the page in more detail. And so typically when your site shows up in the search results, uh, Google is using the title tag as the headline that you click on. And below that, the little description is usually the meta description. Not always, but typically. And what's happening now, what we're seeing with Google is that you need to have a really engaging title tag and meta description because you want to kind of earn, you want to earn the click because Google's seeing that. So you think about if Google's ranking a site, say number one for a certain search term, but no one's ever clicking on it, that's pro it's a pretty good signal to Google that they that site probably doesn't deserve to be number one because no one's actually visiting it. So right. just because you rank at the top of the page, yeah, you'll probably get more clicks, but not always, and your metadata needs to be really engaging. And when it's really engaging and you get more clicks, you tend to see a you said you tend to see a bump in your rankings. Now, provide us some insights very quickly on what makes uh, metadata engaging. Well, so back in the day, uh, you would just have like using the title tag as, a, as an example. It would be like keyword dash keyword dash keyword. You would just start to stuff all your keywords in there. And you still want to have the keywords in your title tag, but you want to also have um, some other copy in there that is a differentiator 
free estimate um, in business since 1966, established, you know, whatever. You want to have um, you want to have some call to actions uh, in the title tag and the meta description. You know, contact us today by clicking here or something like that. You don't want to just have keyword, 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 keyword. You want to have keywords, of course. You want to have some other like, call to action type verbiage in the in the meta. Right. I love it. You know, one of the things that I think has uh, become very difficult, uh, especially in some of the B2B tech arenas with PPC or, or Google AdWords, is when you've got an unknown service, an unknown product, new to the market, like there's zero competition, and there are not search terms out there ultimately to utilize to find the sort of service or product that you you need to amplify, it's difficult. How do you overcome those sorts of obstacles with um, such a strong tool? Well, honestly, um, you know, if there's not keywords that, you know, so SEO and paid search is not always uh, the right choice for a business. It depends if there is search volume around the keywords that you're targeting. If there's no search volume, you, you know, you can optimize your site, but you're just not going to get, you're not going to get results. You know, what I would do in that situation that you described is I would probably hold off on doing SEO and instead set up some pay-per-click campaigns because it's, it's more immediate. And you can set up different campaigns, targeting different keywords and see what actual search volume exists out there for those keywords and then pick out the winners, the ones that actually have search volume and then build your, build your SEO campaign around that. I mean, you could do that with SEO, it just takes a lot longer. Paid search is, is almost immediate. So you can kind of do a, a test pilot and get your get your answer back quickly. And then if it, if it's looking good, meaning there's keywords that have search volume, and then you proceed to adding SEO into the mix. Well, and, and back to one of the core uh, points that you brought up at the beginning of the conversation was a list. If you've got the great list, and uh, you can push it through Facebook advertising and target those individuals, uh, then push them to the site, then you can retarget them with display. Um, that ultimately is going to help you uh, raise awareness. Yeah, exactly. So even for a even for a business that doesn't have really strong keywords that people are searching for, um, you, there's always there's other things you could do, like you mentioned, you know, social media advertising. You know, they might not have keywords that people are searching, but they have a target audience, and so then they just they find that target audience with social media ads and remark, retargeting, remarketing, uh, display ads, and they can still re get in front of their potential customer just not with SEO or PPC. In the final few minutes that we have, you talk a lot about five effective paid online advertising strategies. Can you go through those quickly for us? Yes, very quickly. Okay, here we go. So, uh, <laughs> some, of already, some of this we've already covered. So first one is retargeting re or remarketing. You know, you've got Google, you've got AdRoll, you've got re retargeting on Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, and other social platforms. So you always want to be retargeting because it amplifies everything you're doing and it's not that expensive because you only pay when someone clicks typically. There's different pricing models, but in, in general, that's how it works. Number two is AdWords and, and Bing too, uh, Bing and Yahoo, but you know, basically bidding on keywords that, um, that your target audience is, is uh, using and uh, you might wanna consider you know, bidding higher during office hours or only running your pay, paid campaigns during office hours so if that someone, if a lead does come in, you can respond quickly because speed does matter with converting that person into a customer. Uh, number three, uh, Facebook advertising, like we mentioned before, uploading your email, email list and running ads to the matches, pixeling your your traffic and running ads to those people. Um, number four, LinkedIn advertising, same concept. You can upload a list to LinkedIn, run ads to the matches, 
And then also, like I mentioned before, targeting groups, finding what groups your target audience is part of and targeting those groups with ads. And the last thing is more of like an overall strategy that we like to do for clients. And it's sort of like a boosted content page strategy. So, you know, first thing is creating really great blog content. Okay. And then putting that blog content uh, on your social channels and then running ads to those posts with the blog content, which pushes people to your website to read the blog content. And then you pixel those people that are coming to your site and running ads to them again. So it's sort of like this engine that feeds itself, starting with the blog content. So those yeah. are my five tips. I love it. You've shared such great information with us, Ryan Cote. Thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. And remember, earn the click through engaging metadata. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.